Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? A comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. Episode 60 is super-sized, super-powered, and super-eager to go on a two-week vacation. So not only do Graham McMillan and I talk Marvel's new digital incentive, September sales numbers, Apple and Occupy Wall Street, but we also talk, yes, comics. OMAC, Action Comics, X-Men Schism, a very brief chat about the latest issue of Casanova, the winner of our first contest, and the announcement of our second contest, as well as, believe me, much, much more. We'll see you in two weeks. Until then, we hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Jeff Lester. Graham McMillan. I've been thinking about the podcast and ways we can improve it in order to make the experience for our listeners better. Yes. And I've come to one conclusion. Yes. We need a laugh track. <laughs> I thought I was the laugh track. No, think about it. We could be like, blah, 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 blah. Crush it like flashpoints. And the audience goes, ah! <laughs> or you could play blah 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 blah. Don't be a chump. Ah! Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it. really like I obviously I wouldn't want to add to your post production time because you spend like roughly the six days between our recordings editing wait what? Um, so what I'm saying is, I mean it's going to take a couple of weeks to get sorted out, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Wait what films before a live studio audience. Oh, very nice. I like the idea of that. Yeah. There you go. That, I, I mean, obviously, I have my horrendous fear of public speaking, which could be a drawback. It could. But nonetheless, I, I, think it, I think it's the only way forward. Hmm. Interesting. Well, the, the other option is we could figure out a way, like, you could get a, a little soundboard with, like, a, a laugh track. Oh god, that that would be I would abuse that so bad. <laughs> in the comments. Yeah, no, exactly. I I just make laughter happen all the time and then I'd add other noises. <laughs> so you'd be like, What did you think of your self? And I go, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit, I've totally thought of doing this. It's a good thing I'm super lazy. Like, the whole idea of, like, how can I get this working in real time? Like, supposedly, uh, PowerGrama allows you to play, like, additional sounds. I think it's only one additional sound file, so I'd have to figure out a way to get it, you know, maybe I'd have to play them sequentially. But, yeah, no, I know. the the. It, it would, I mean, just imagine the left track. It could even have it, so we're, like, happy days. So, at the start, oh, yeah. I'd be like, Jeff Lester, ha! <laughs> and applause. Do you know what I mean? like, yeah, right. exactly. I think that would be spectacular. I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, that will be something that perhaps uh, we can research while I'm on my little vacation. Which is starting next week, am I correct? Yeah. Or the week sorry. after? No, no, no. It's it's running for basically two weeks. So, uh, I, I, so everyone, this is the last week of what you'll hear for definitely October, but, I mean, maybe until the second week of November? Uh, I don't know. My math's a little crazy on that. Let me see here. It it may be the last one for October. Uh, it, it, I think it is because right. this is the first week, and so yeah. this will be this will show up in the second week, and then we'll yes. be taking the next two weeks off. So the next one will be in November. Right, 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 right. Well, that's a good point. Do, do you know what's kind of wonderful about that? You know, what we're going to miss by taking this break. The New last issue. The last issue for yourself. 
Oh, no! Oh my god, I almost think that we shouldn't miss that. My you, no, 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 you want this vacation. I know how much you want. I'm not about to need this vacation. Yes, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a little... So, so seriously, I, we'll, I think everyone will just have to either grin and bear it or wait for the inevitably hilarious <laughs> first one back where we will have that stuck about. Oh my god, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Well, the last time we tried to take a vacation, DC announced it's 52, and so we were sort of gang-pressed into, like, we ended up doing, like, two installments the very next week or something. Yeah, I know. That 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 was fun. Well, you never know, because things are happening with Marvel this week. So you never know, like, something crazy could happen with Marvel next week. Oh my god, yeah. The, um... We saw the, seat, the chief... Operating officer has been fired, right? Yes, right, right. So, um, yeah, we, we'll see what crazy shit gets announced for Marvel in the next two weeks. Because I think something massive is going to be announced at um, New York. Yeah, you get the you get the impression that they're definitely building up for that. So, I wonder, sort of wonder what it's going to be. I'm also very bummed that. Uh, Marvel is doing something that I really would love my comics to do, which is uh, the, you know, you buy a copy and get the free digital copy. The problem is, as far as I can tell, they're doing it with Avenging Spider-Man number one, and that is the last book I would ever want to read in any format whatsoever. Sure, but that's, the crazy thing is that's their test. And they say that if the test goes well, and that book has pre-orders of over 100,000. Right. But if the test goes well, they want to roll it out to all of their 399 books. Hmm. Well, which, uh, which is I... potentially massive, if they mean it. But what worries me is, it's one of those things where they can be like, oh, the test didn't work. Because we'll never see numbers. Yeah. Yeah, and they can be like, well, we tried, which is yeah, always well. really pretty about this. <laughs> well, we tried, but no one wanted it. Oh. I mean, their, their test is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the terms? Uh, no. So for every digital download that happens, the retailer that sold the print copy mm-hmm. with that code in it gets 50 cents. Oh, wow. But, well, I mean, you think about it. That's actually, presuming that everyone who buys a venue Spider-Man from the store then mm-hmm. gives that digital either downloads it themselves or gives the code to someone else who downloads it. Then that's right. that's free money for the retailer. See, this is the thing that's really screwy, is I, I, I'm very baffled by the idea that... Well, there's a couple of things that are baffling. It sort of sounds like their plan was to do this as some sort of extra incentive, the digital code thing, mm-hmm. and then they decided or they just got the sense of... Mm, that it, it wasn't going to fly, like they weren't going to be able to sell the Avenging Spider-Man at four ninety nine with a digital code no matter what, so they decided to opt in free. Or alternately, it's one of those creepy, exactly the reason why the retailers were up in arms uh, about Comixology's terms, were the idea of like, you give out this comic with a free code attached and you get money for it, it's almost seems to me like mm, there's there's something where it seems like Marvel's like okay now we've got all the information of well, everyone who's bought this that's book. That's the crazy and... thing. The other part of it is they're essentially saying 
everyone who downloads, we're going to have their email address so we can market to them. But honestly, right. we're going to market to them by telling them they should buy the second issue in print at your store. Which, first of all, I don't believe them. But secondly, right. they then say that they're going to give those email addresses to the retailers that they bought from, that the, the people bought the print copy from. Which I have the strangest feeling might be illegal. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, that is something I because not... I mean, it's one thing for a company to collect the information from people who are downloading from them. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's another thing entirely to just give that that information to someone else. Right. There's got to be something like there'll have to be some sort of contract somewhere that says, like, you know, by downloading this comic, you are agreeing. Yeah, to exactly. There's going to be a terms of service when you go to download the comic. Um, you know, when you click on the purchase button, uh, there's also the other thing that's very weird to me is I cannot see how this can be like, if you're, what you're saying is in order for them to keep track of which retailer gets which code, wouldn't all that stuff, I mean, unless I'm being naive, unless it's one of those things where the person who, who like downloads the comic has to fill in I, they'll who have the to, retailer just, is. There's no way of keeping track which retailer yeah. gets which, which code. There, there, it's impossible. Absolutely no way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Un- unless they're like, rec- you know, somehow yeah. have managed to get Diamond to do all that work for them. But yeah, but it's, it's not because every, everything is polybagged and given how entirely fucked Diamond is. Right. Oh, like, Diamond is so th- there is There is almost no way that they can, mm-hmm. they can track that. Right. Um, the other thing that they might be doing, I just realized, was they might just be looking at the zip codes and giving it to the closest store, just assuming that's where you bought it. Uh, you know, which in I, itself is horribly flawed. Because what right, if exactly. the that's, store? Yeah, I, I, I'm willing to bet they're not that naive about it because that would totally throw things off. What they might do is it might be something where you put in your zip code and pull up like the four closest stores and you can just click one and then you know or you know fill in the name of the uh, another store in case you've gone a long ways i don't know it just seems crazy it seems like those extra bits of things are really weird i mean it's really the whole thing is really it's it's this weird thing where it's the beginning of a great idea Mm -hmm. but it's surrounded by so much craziness yeah, it really, it just doesn't seem like it's thought out very well, and I, I don't know, it definitely seems like... Uh, See, what it really feels like to me is Marvel is desperately trying to get the digital um, Vanguard flag back from DC. Yeah. It honestly feels like DC, they're like, oh, we have basically surrendered this market to DC right now, we have to do something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think there's also other things of... Right, they've got to get it back. They, I think it's also a way for them to justify their like if it does well enough or whatever, they can justify their three ninety nine books, um, especially if it's one of those situations where they claim that I don't know, not enough people downloaded the book for them to be able to justify and giving money to the retailer. No, no, no. They, 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 say, the they say there's no, there's no bottom. Like there, there's there's no cutoff point under which it will be too little. I wonder if this is why the chief operations officer went is is out the door. Well, because it's his idea, or because they want to do this, and he's like, "This is ridiculous." 
this is ridiculous and creates so much labor for so little return. I have no idea why we're doing this. Well, what really struck me about this chief operating officer going is I wonder if it's going if he's going to be replaced. Or I wonder if someone from Disney is just essentially going to take over his responsibilities. Because don't forget, oh, Marvel Studios PR were all let go in, in August and replaced by mm-hmm. Disney staff. Right. Oh, God, that's right. I totally forgot that. Well, not all, like the like a huge chunk of them, right? All of Marvel Studios PR was let go. Oh, I see. Marvel Studios. I can never keep... keep the track of, which is separate from all comics. The, the funny thing is, of course, like the DC 52 books, mm-hmm. all now say DC Comics on the front and not just DC. Right. And it's like, oh, so you're really clearly, you know, this is pointing out that DC is a company and DC Comics is a part of the company, as opposed to yeah. DC Comics is DC and everything else is a smaller spin-off. Right, exactly. No, it's right. DC Comics as opposed to DC Entertainment as opposed to DC Digital, you know, whatever that ends up being. As opposed to DC Pants. Sandwich is... DC Sandwich would be great. Um, Yeah. DC Metro, which is when uh, they like to have people dressed as Superman carrying people around town. Oh, that would be great. That would be great, yeah. (laughs) Call me DC. Yeah, seriously, people, uh, get get Graham in there for some out crazily outside the box. Exactly, ideas. I'm so outside the box. I'm back in the box, and then at the bottom of, <laughs> and then in front of the box waving. That's how outside the box I am. Exactly, exactly. You're like the Schrodinger. I'm cat, so out of the box. People will be like, "Where's the fucking box?" Right, exactly. And you're like, "I know, right? That's a. It's you have to find the box." And, That's and, how and I look at them and I'm like, "What box?" It's your mind. <laughs> oh, Graham. Uh, so yes, um, Marvel. Yeah, Marvel's being kind of weird. Mar- Marvel, Marvel's being, being kind. Of, Marvel is quite clearly a bit freaked out. Yeah, it is. It really so that, like, is. And it's partially because did you see the thing on Bleeding Cool this afternoon the, about um, market share? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So, I mean, thing, I mean, it's no surprise, but that's got to be the first time DC has won both, like, uh, market share and dollars in a, a long time. The thing that makes me sad is that it is that it's so close in dollars, you know? Like, Marvel's yeah, but it's, product is yeah, but also, so high. That's what I was going to say. You've got to remember that Marvel's product is priced insanely high. And also, even with the reboot... And DC adding shitloads of titles. Marvel still has more titles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right. I mean, it's just crazy. It is crazy that that, that, that how little that needle moved, all things considered. I mean, it's on the other hand, on the one hand, like sort of a huge jump for DC, but Jesus. Yeah, no, it'll be really interesting to see what Marvel's got up its sleeve. Uh, It's kind of funny because whatever Marvel, if Marvel does anything, then all of their bravado of we don't have to do anything, we're doing fine as is, competition is a great thing, suddenly looks like they were lying. Do you know what I mean? Like, they kind of bagged themselves into a corner by being like, we're never going to do X, Y, and Z. Because at some point, they're going to have to do something. Well, yeah. I I think the trick is, like, 
the trick is short of rebooting their entire line, I think they can do a lot of stuff. Like they, they could say this whole thing about uh, Avenging Spider-Man is not a direct, um, in, uh, directly um, uh, reaction to uh, to DC. I don't think it. You nec- it's hard. It's hard to believe, but I could see where they could make that case and be like, yeah, okay, I sort of believe it, kind of, but. You know what I mean? And also, as as people have pointed out, like Marvel re- renumbers their books and relaunches them all the time. So yeah. it, it'll be curious to see what they're going to do that is going to be um, that is going to be clearly a reaction to this stuff, but how they're going to dress it up to be able to argue that it is. What the problem is going to be. That what really made the DC thing work was it was everything relaunching in the same month. Yeah. So you could just promote the entire month and be like, everything is a jump on, jumping on point in right. September. And Marvel just can't repeat that trick. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't be like, January's when you're all jumping on, because unless everything is issue one again, right? readers aren't going to believe it. And also, books run so late that what if it's not? Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, the other thing that's I think is also helpful is is that DC did some of its stuff that were enough like its con- continuation of some of its older policies of working with retailers, you know, in that they upped a lot, a lot more of those books ended up be, being returnable. They co-invest, you know, they invested in the co-op advertising, which I I just can't see Marvel doing. I can't see Mar- Marvel. Oh, uh, Marvel is. Desperately trying to show that they're retail friendly, retailer friendly right now. Yeah, really, I mean, really that's like, it. like weirdly, embarrassingly for everyone involved. That's, that's, <laughs> right. that's what that fifty cents a copy felt like to me. Was such a oh come on, baby, you know I love. No, no, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like hey, go and buy yourself something nice. Yeah, totally, totally. Like ah, uh, you know, I've been working so hard, but retailers, you look pretty. I just want to tell you. The funny thing is, like re. It's fifty cents per extra copy, which is free money. Mm-hmm. At that point, but if everyone's then like, "Well, why don't I just buy everything digital from now on?" Right. Then it's it's this weird like payoff now to completely screw you later. Oh, totally. That's that's why I was comparing it to Comicsology. It's like it's it totally has the. Um... Uh, I don't know the direct market dick in the box surprise. I guess that uh, you know. And there's yet another catchphrase. (laughs) The direct market's dick in the box surprise. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Come on, someone get on a t-shirt now. Exactly. It needs so little design. All you need's the box with the bow. Make it look like a little M. You're set. Uh, Profit. And yet, in theory, that should be us, Graham, doing that. Uh, okay, well, hmm. any other exciting industry news? Uh, uh, yeah, have you, have you seen that almost half of everything that came out in print yesterday came out day and day digitally? I knew that it was huge. Because it's something, it's something image and insane, DC. like 48%. It's so close to 50% now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which really does feel big. You know, it does, and the thing that I think is interesting is, you know, I it it and it's going it's going to be by the end of the year it's going to be larger. Oh yeah, you know yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's going to be if not a hundred percent, it's going to be at eighty percent by the time um, by the end of the year. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it won't be hundred because Marvel is not going to go entirely day and day before the end of the year. 
yeah, I don't think so, but but things are going to change really quickly. Because DC released all this stuff, and all the retailers are like, hey, we're fine, woohoo, you know? Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the fact that everything sold out for retailers for the first month. I think that it's this weird thing that's going to let publishers be like, oh, we can do this then. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, stuff happening in the industry, uh, the Amazon Kindle exclusive... And, oh, Jesus, and the fallout, the fallout from yeah, but the fallout from that is going to be mm-hmm. absolutely fucking horrendous. Did you hear of yeah. Barnes and Noble? I've heard that Barnes and Noble was pissed and doing something. Barnes, but I have Barnes no and idea. Noble was pissed, and apparently the the rumor is, and this will of course come to nothing. But mm-hmm. as we're as of us recording this, the rumor is that Barnes and Noble might take all of DC's titles off their shelves in response. Wow, huh? The other thing is. Watchmen is literally half price. Oh, I know. And Kindle. Oh, I know. I know. Well, that's it. The the pricing on it is. I am shocked that more retailers aren't flipping out over that. I I, th- I think they're going to. I mean, I I wrote about this for Techland this week, but um, there are seventeen class action suits against Amazon, Apple, and the six major book publishers in America. Um, wow. For price fixing. For exactly what is happening right now with comics, mm-hmm. 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 and yeah. I can't believe that no one is going to go the legal route on this for comics. Yeah, I, I, it just seems impossible. When there's seventeen fucking lawsuits, seventeen lawsuits, by the way, that have start that have all been filed since August. Wow, man, that's amazing. Yeah, it's stunning, and I cannot believe no one is going to do that for uh, comics. We Well, again, we'll see. Perhaps perhaps the retailers are by, being naive. I didn't ask Hibbs about it, but I think he is... All of his theories that, that digital is a completely separate marketplace um, seems like... It, it, is, is, he, all, is he feeling good about that after the, the launch of 52 then? Yeah, I think the 52 thing sort of, he seems, I've heard him say while talking that he's like, yeah, this proves that it's like a completely different marketplace. And I'm like, I don't think so. See, it's, <laughs> it's funny because on the one hand, I kind of want to agree. On the other hand, I can't because I didn't buy Casanova yesterday because when it comes out in digital, which will be sometime in the next month, it's going to be $3 cheaper. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I don't want the letters page that much that I'm willing to pay three extra dollars for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm not getting it in print because I am going to get it digitally, right? Yeah, well, when and that's it. When the price break is that huge, so like two or three years from now, if people have a choice between buying Watchmen digitally for like ten bucks or paying twenty dollars to buy a print copy from a retailer, I mean that is that is huge. Yeah, that is it really that's really a is big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I'm sort of surprised. I forgot to ask Kibbs about it when I saw him yesterday, and I was kind of in a hurry. But I think that has such huge repercussions uh, on the direct market. Um, well, here's the thing that I keep thinking about why more people aren't upset about it. Mm-hmm. That is an exclusive for a device that hasn't come out yet. Right. That even if it does come out and is a hit, it's still mm-hmm. likely to have a smaller market penetration than the iPad. So people might just think it's not worth it because it's going to be such a small percentage of the market right? that it's not worth complaining about. But if I were a retailer, I'd be complaining because basically if you don't complain about this, 
then you there's a precedent that's been set for the sure. next time they decide to do this. Yeah, and it might not be any closer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. No, well, I, I'm still confused about how the because I've heard other people talk about this. I assume it won't work that you can just open up your Kindle app on your iPad and read those collections. No, because it's, it's Kindle Fire, so it's not even right. Kindle. So I'm yeah, presuming there's going to be some sort of identifier that you you have that specific device. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured as well, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't, but I mean, it also comes down to what happens when Amazon decides that they're going to do a Kindle Fire app. Right. They've done a Kindle app, so why would they not do a Kindle Fire app? Yeah, yeah, completely. Completely, I, unless it's the sort of thing that, that Apple's going to try and cock block them on, which I don't know if they are or will. We'll see. I'm, I'm let's, shocked let's by... Let's see how many sales... Yeah, Kindle let's, Fire. Yeah, let's, let's see what the pre-orders exactly. are for Kindle Fire. Yeah. And then we'll see no, if Apple are going to cock block them or not. Yeah. If Apple isn't going to be in any shape to do that. Uh, right, exactly. Um, well, I mean... Who know? We'll we'll see where Apple ends up, but usually they've been, you know, their 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 walled garden. They have lots of reasons for for why they say they have that wall, but they have tremendous amounts of control um, laid out to them in advance. That in theory, people can't necessarily fight. You know? Yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious what's going to happen to Apple over the next year. I think, yeah. I mean, not to get depressive, but I think the, the loss of Steve Jobs is going to be really, really, really big for them. I think they're going to end up making at least one jaw-droppingly stupid decision over the next year. Just because they'll, yeah. they'll have lost their bearings. Yeah. Well, I think they were pretty close to it. People are really baffled that, that you've got, you know, OS 5, but you've got the, the iPhone <laughs> 4S, you know? It's like, people are like, I what? I, you know, yeah. there seems to be some sort of crucial, critical blink. Well, yeah, it's, it's like, there. why is the forest applied? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I... It seems enough of a jump that they could have just called it the five, which is a strange thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're either being super cautious about it, I mean, you know, or they had a whole, you know, they either have an ace up their sleeve, or they are basically scared and covering their asses and i i think that that's it's it's amazing how much of this stuff just relates to timing you know where it's like if jobs was still still alive and had even still been on the board um i don't i think it would seem like less of a oh you know it, it wouldn't seem as uh potentially like oh apple's losing its nerve right right already Well, I I have to admit, I am paranoid enough that I wonder whether Steve Jobs died before the announcement. Ooh, nice. Um, The timing just seems hyper weird. He died the day after the announcement? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Am I really the only person who thinks that that's a really odd coincidence? Um... Yeah, you know, it's great. I'm, like, completely paranoid and uh, uh, like, general I'm default paranoid, state. But I didn't think that. I totally didn't. It's the sort of thing that I think all the time with, like, heads of state and stuff like that. But, yeah, it never even occurred to me that that... I don't know. I, I honestly, I'm just... I honestly think, like, he died the day of the announcement. And, and they just, or, like, they just did not want to announce it. 
yeah, maybe, maybe. But, you know, I, this becomes one of those weird deals of there is enough, like, I don't know, maybe it could work. But my, I, I would think that in today's culture, like, if Jobs dies, it's, peop, you know, it's not like Apple owns its own medical facility. You know what I mean? Like, regular people <laughs> you, know. You say that. Yeah, I say that now. But, yeah, you know. Um, so there's part of me that just finds it kind of uh, somewhat a little bit harder to believe, I suppose. But but it could be. I'm certainly paying way more attention to the Occupy Wall Street stuff than I was to, to Steve Jobs kicking it in a way. So. The Occupy Wall Street stuff, I said this on Twitter yesterday, but it's really just depressing me. Yeah, you know, I don't have that same feeling because you're very much like, oh, it's so over-marketed. And it's, beca- it's because I go out of, I go out and I go down the street and I see people being like, Occupy Wall Street, Occupy Portland. And I'm like, no, it's not a brand. And then today when I saw someone on Twitter being like, a food cart who's down by the protest saying, you can't protest on an empty stomach. Right. I mean, that I wanted to just find that guard and slap them. <laughs> you should have, Grant. Because it's like, hey, uh, have you heard of Gandhi? Have you heard of hunger strikes? What a stupid thing to say. Yeah. Stop no, being it's... so fucking crass and trying to sell your shit to people who are trying to protest. Even if well, they're trying to protest in this weird co-opted manner. Well, see, this is my thing. is I don't think that there's a... Hmm. I think that co-option is... I'm shocked, actually, that you are depressed by the concept of co-option. Because it seems I, I'm, to me... I'm sh- as I said yesterday, I'm, sh- I'm depressed and amused at the same time. But shouldn't you be... Uh, Just amused? <laughs> well, no, I mean, for me, I guess maybe I'm being, like, overly altruistic, but it seems to me, like, in theory, if they're doing things, quote-unquote, right, like, there has to be an element of pop in the revolution. You know, it it all, but again, to get back to our discussion. Sure, but I, I guess there has to be an element of pop, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing with adbusters. I understand the idea of we are essentially determining the message. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are using this language for our own purposes. But there comes a point where the message overwhelms you, and you might have the best... You know, doing it for the best reasons, you might have the best intentions, you might have the best aims mm-hmm. but you just become part of the machine to the point where your revolution becomes a commodity more than it becomes a revolution and it, it becomes part of the conversation in the same way that like you've seen the coverage about occupy wall street where you're either getting people who are writing them off mm-hmm. or you're getting people who are saying well their message isn't clear enough and no one is really engaging the ideas behind it. Do you know what I mean? The the, the, the pop has overwhelmed the protest. And uh, I, you think? I, I, I know because I think that the role of media now, um, with the exception of, you know, a lot of, a lot of like individuals, most of the media that I see is, you know, already in the pocket of, you know, the corporations. And so they just dismiss it anyway. That's why Occupy Wall Street has to be bigger than Wall Street, because as long as it's this one section of New York that people can utterly demean and belittle and dismiss, you know, the protest, it never 
it's not until it escapes and grows everywhere. Also, the everything that, that happened in the 60s was exactly the same situation anyway, you know, where it was belittled, it was demeaned, it was... The, the goals were never talked about. In fact, it was very important to smear it as being a situation that seemed to have not much context. Um, and, and ultimately, the revolution did grow into uh, its attraction to pe for people was as uh, a piece of pop, as a, as a form of engagement. And ultimately, what happened but was because problem. that wasn't... But is the problem there not that it becomes overwhelmed by becoming a lifestyle as opposed to becoming a cause? That, that's, I, think, I mean, when you mention the, the 60s revolution, part right. of me just sort of dies inside because how successful was the 60s revolution? Right, exactly, exactly. No, I agree, but, but what some people would say is the problem of it was that people were engaging with it as a lifestyle and the mistake the revolution made was thinking that they were engaging in the cause, you know? So what happened was when people got tired of the lifestyle, they left it and they abandoned the causes with it. And because the cause was not cognizant of itself and able to adapt, it had nothing to offer those people anymore. You know, the idea of having a revolution that is aware of itself as a lifestyle is that its ability to, to change and alter it. Oh, hold on. I think that's the secret police. Can you hold on a second? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Somebody's at the door. Hold on. Oh, okay, I'm back. How, how much I wish that someone else could have just come on and been like, "I'm sorry, Jeff Lester could not get to." <laughs> I know. <laughs> I should. I should. If only I could have gotten the UPS guy to come in here a second. Can you just say, just pawn this headset? Uh, yeah. Um. So anyway, I I think that you know, I, and I could. This is not to say that a things are necessarily being done right, nor b that things will end up being done right. But I do think that um, actually the flexibility of things is one of the stronger parts that it has going right now because the media, the media coverage has been so terrible in so many ways that it has to be something that is going to be like a sub-grassroots movement, even as it grows larger and larger and larger. You know? So I'm less depressed by that. Actually, I don't think that it's necessarily great, but I'm shocked by uh, how quick you and some other people on Twitter went to the, well, this is depressingly co-opted already. And I'm like, geez, really? I don't, I don't, you know, no, maybe when there's I, I guess, an American Peril ad, you know. I but, don't know. I, I don't, well, you, what was the, was, what was the ad that uh, had to be pulled when, when the UK riots was happening? Was it Levi's? Uh, Do you know it? what I'm talking about? There was an ad of like, Kids writing that has been pulled when the UK riots started. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's not so much that it's been co-opted as much as the co-option that has happened has happened from themselves, right? Because it's not it's not as if the man, quote unquote, is like I know what I'll do. 
this new movie, like Transformers 4, is going to be called to Occupy Cybertron. It's not that. It's that as a culture, we have become so um, anesthetized by branding and by the demands of branding that we brand yes. ourselves in order to get any message across. Right. And it just makes it makes me sad that a revolutionary in quote marks group who are theoretically against corporate interests would be so quick to go towards corporate language in order to get the message across. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, it it does make it does make sense. But it seems to me that you are perhaps. Um, jumping the gun, you know, that there's a difference between the language, between using that language, which is sort of a, a, a common lingua franca among so many people in much of a generation uh, in a particularly, you know, that, that sort of weird self-aware way. And it's another thing to where it's, you know, people are selling the Occupy Wall Street t-shirts or apps or whatever. You know, which, there is an Occupy Wall Street app, right? Uh, I'm sure there must I'm be. I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah. I, I do know that they've got two live streams going on right now. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just... I guess what it really comes down to is I kind of wish that the children of tomorrow, you know, let them be the one, etc. Um didn't so eagerly lie down to the language of yesterday. But, but see, the, <laughs> I, think I feel like we should be like comics, everyone. But yeah, <laughs> no kidding. We're like going to spend more time on this. And in theory, we've got such a brief window before you've got to jump. So uh, we'll have to come back. No, and no, no, no. Keep going. I, I completely interrupted you. you were... No, 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 no. I think, I think you're right. I see your, I, well, let's put it this way. I see your point. I disagree because I think that the language of just yesterday is a lot better than the language of 30 years ago, you know, because I do see one of the things that I think is different is there have been a lot of people, at least the people that I've seen on Twitter have been very conscientious about the um that quoting that hunter s thompson quote from fear and loathing in las vegas about the breaking of the wave you know where you can sort of do you, do you know what i'm talking about i have no idea what you're talking about there's a section in uh, fear and loathing in las vegas uh where thompson and his you know large simone attorney are driving out to vegas for this uh I think policeman's convention, I can never remember anymore because I get all the books meshed up. But he talks about the line in the desert that exists that essentially is the line where you could see the wave, you know, break and then recede. And he's talking about the failure of that generation to fully rebel. Like Thompson is writing about the period after the 60s fail and have fallen and his best work really is about a, trying to analyze um why and what happened and uh, even if it's just by you know doing by example showing a character that is you know a has a need to anesthetize himself at every at every turn so it seems to me a lot of people are aware of that this is ha because this is happening how do they keep it from happening 
the same way that it did in the 60s. And I don't necessarily know that anyone's got their answers. There's a whole bunch of weirdo stuff going on. Like the, this, this movement can so quickly turn into some crazy bullshit libertarian thing that I do not want to see happen, but it might, you know, it's like the, there's a lot of, the, as far as I can tell, as interested as, as I am in it, I have yet to participate directly. And the people that I've seen very quick to sort of jump into it are, you know, 20 years younger than me uh, with some very different ideas uh, and a certain amount of, I guess, naivete about it. On the other hand, I'm really glad that this this is happening now. I mean, because it is because a lot of this should have been happening in like 2009, you know, uh, this should have been happening when I feel like a lot of the stuff with Obama looked like it was going to change and then didn't. This seems to me to be, um, you know, a check that's kind of past due. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I wanted to continue shaping up, but I'm really, really loath to dismiss it this early. I'm really glad that, uh, let's put it this way. I'm really glad that Radiohead didn't play it. Let's put it. <laughs> that, that's said, thing. When that rumor broke, mm -hmm. part of me was just like, oh dear. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, oh, of course Radiohead are playing it. Like when the radio right. rumor broke, it was kind of like, this is an onion story. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I, I, when it broke, my, my big thing was like, you know what? I just wanted, I, I was dying for this thing to get attention. I was like, surely that's not going to be ignored, right? You just can't ignore it because that's that's the thing is is that you know the media will come around if there are enough celebrities involved. But frankly, I was far happier to see the fact that a lot of the unions have joined in and that the numbers are growing exponentially, and the fact that New York cops are crazy as fuck. So I mean, all those things I think will eventually move the ball forward in a way that will be a lot harder to refute than it's like, hey, Bon Jovi, right on! Bon, I thought you were going to say Bono, because bless me, Bono, much more oh, God. than Bon Jovi. Everybody um, would be more, I, I would actually be more grateful for Bon Jovi than Bono, yeah, certainly. Uh, so. Has there been a, an Occupy San Francisco? There has been. There was actually a march just yesterday that, as far as I know, was largely peaceful, was I think closer to the size of uh, the march in Occupy Seattle, which it, I think, in in other words, it was around 500 people. I think mm -hmm. like that. It's not nearly as big as the numbers that they're expecting for the Occupy Portland stuff. Actually, the thing that I realized looking at Twitter is I've got to follow more fucking people in my own city. I have a much better concept of what's happening in Portland at any given con at con you know time thanks to the miracle of Twitter, than I do what's going on in San Francisco. <laughs> Seriously. You know what you need to do? You need to leave the house. That's what you need to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at you, Mr. 20th Century Caveman. Yeah, I'll just... Uh, <laughs> exactly. look, I'll, what do you mean I'm going to unplug myself? What exactly. Yeah, I'll just get in my horse and buggy and drive down to the center square, stop by the apothecary. I, I, I really am sounding like the old man today, aren't I? You you really are, man. Come on, get with the times. Get with the times. It's, Put on it's, some... I'm telling you, it's the birthday. It, it completely knocked me sideways. <laughs> it's true. You turned and then... Whoop, all of a sudden, you're like, get off my lawn. It exactly. helps that you have oh, a lawn. Did you see Adam Nave on Twitter ask if we were to get off his lawn? 
<laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. It was very sweet that you were like, no, come on, please, come to my lawn. Yeah, hang, hang uh, out on my lawn, everyone. Hang out on my lawn. So, uh, comics, we should discuss comics. it. I has to be said, I have read almost no comics this week, and I can't tell you how great that is, because it means I didn't read all of the DC 52 for the week. That is In fact, good. I've only read one of them so far. Uh, Action Comics number two. Yeah. Of course. Well, In let's part because, it. get this, oh my gosh, it was sold out in my store. That is the best news ever. It's great, isn't it? Wow. You know what? It's It'll a good issue, happy. too. I, I, I think that uh, OMAC number two and Action Comics number two were, were definitely, out of what DC's doing for this, you know, this week, out of the stuff that I read, it's more the stuff that I want to read. I, I really liked Action Comics number two. Yeah, I did, too. I thought it was, I thought it was great. It was just really good strong like when when your only objection to it is basically the fucking batman noel preview which is just jammed in all these books i mean god bless bermeo but i was like i do not want six pages of it. it's lovely but get it out of my book oh and actually there was some weird shit going on with lois lane and in action comics number two but everything else about it i characterization you mean just the way Rags Morales was drawing her. Like, she I, well, dropped 20 said, pounds between panels. Not, but it's not Rags Morales. Oh. Because it's Brett Anderson doing a great Rags Morales in places. Holy shit, you are totally right. Wow, it's the two of them? Wow, yes, okay. That's why she changes. And she is the one who changes more than any other character between the pages. Yeah, completely. Well, in between panels, that, that page where it looks like she's trying to get into the... Um, authorized personnel elevator and she sees she sees superman there like sorry miss lane the elevator's full right now like she really like she changes dramatically between panel to panel Wait, the, really the, the first panel on that page is terrible amazing it's, isn't it's it like lois you've aged 20 years yeah, and maybe got been pregnant twice yes, that's also, really interesting the panel after that it's like lois that nose job hasn't really taken effect or it's it's an anti noise job that has taken effect since the earlier pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's some weird stuff like. Uh, but I mean, it's funny if, if you doing if you look through um, the book a few times, like I have, you can actually begin to tell who's doing which page. Like oh. that that page is definitely Brett Anderson page. Mm, interesting. Then he must have been doing this other one where Lois also kind of shifts all over the place. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I dug it. I dug it. I there was really, just really everything it. about it. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of fascinating to me is it's 20 pages. Mm-hmm. It's the same length as Ultimate Spider-Man, which for the last few weeks I've been like, ah, it seems really short. And this just felt full. Yeah. yeah this yeah, felt yeah. longer than 20 pages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, OMAC number two, not quite as good or as strong, but I had the same feeling where OMAC starts with like, a really long setup, which a lot of the other second issues did too. I thought a lot of the second issues were paced kind of weirdly, but by the time you get to the big fight scene, it's it's a surprisingly substantial amount of fight. It's like it was like <laughs> reading an old Hulk comic. I was like, I put it down, and I was like, that was great. I, it, I is it as much fight as X Men Schism issue five? Uh, the all fight issue. <laughs> Yes, but it's more enjoyable. It's more enjoyable. Actually, I suppose I could look and check, but I, I, so maybe not. Maybe it's actually a few pages less, but it is so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. 
it is so fun. It has things changing about half the time people are explaining their characters, you know, their powers to one another, but God damn, if it wasn't great, I, I really did. Those two totally, totally love them. So what other second issues did you read? Uh, let me see. I have to go to my magic Hoover, Hoover bloob. Uh, I read Swamp Thing number two. I read Animal Man number two. Uh, I read Detective Comics number two and Batwing number two. See, what's kind of fascinating is at least two of those I I would not have read. You like you were in Detective Comics number two? Seriously? Yeah. Well, I picked it up in the store and was like, blah. Fortunately, my friend uh, Mojo of Mojo's Newswire, Morgan Johnson, was kind enough to lend me his books. Um, and so I was able to check out a lot of stuff. And I definitely did. I went and picked up stuff. I I read the stuff from him that I was not going to buy. So the number of DC titles that I bought actually in the store were actually only two of them. And then when it came time to like, he had a to, pretty to sizable yeah. pile of stuff. It was like, okay, well, the first thing I'm going to do, because I figured we would be... I was very baffled by the storytelling choice. Like, Detective Comics number one was such a goof, but I really wanted to see, like, if it kept up with that Todd McFarlane Spider-Man vibe for the second issue. And does and, it? Uh, not so much. I think, unfortunately, it opens with a very, like, the one thing that I have to give Detective Comics 1 for is there was a lot of stuff in it, you know? It started off with, you had a you had a big, big Batman sequence, then you had a little bit of Bruce Wayne, and then it was back to an extended him and the Joker, you know, duking things out. Uh, this one has, starts, the first half of it is front-loaded with very traditional Batman Bruce Wayne stuff. Like, oh, here comes the talk on the rooftop with Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's who Bruce Wayne's putting his bat penis in currently. And then only toward the end do you get a big extended action sequence that was, I thought, pretty dull and pretty short. So I was kinda I was kinda bummed out. And then the ending was just really stupid. The other thing that was hilarious about Detective Comics number two is that last page of Detective Comics number one is such a, you know, was just so, you know, I didn't care for it, but I really was surprised by how quickly they don't really follow up on it. You know what I mean? Like the first half of this issue is a lot of people going, oh, yeah, well, we've got blank hanging in blank and Batman going, well, I really want to look at that. And people are like, eh, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, and that sounds like <laughs> I come back to it later. Just yeah, 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 exactly. When it's when it's really crucial for the for you to figure something out that none of us have noticed about it. You know that kind of thing in two issues from now or something. So it was kind of it was really scene heavy. Like there was a lot of you know like it's like I'm going to open with a sequence of Batman and another CEO climbing a rock wall, and it's just like that's uh, what people want from their comics. Totally, like that's an opening scene that's supposed to. Yeah, it was just goofy. It 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 it, it was equally as meat-headed as Detective Comics number one, but not nearly as fun. And then Batwing number two. <laughs> I'm just like, why would anyone want to read that? Damn, dude. Well, you know, actually, Adam may have asked that we talk to talk about One Face, and I don't. I still haven't read the, the Dark Knight. Dark Knight issue. Okay, here's the best thing about One Face. He's called one face, and he still has both faces. Still has both faces, yeah. Yeah, I I was just like, I looked at that one panel, and I'm like, 
do you guys even understand? Like, I don't even understand why, like, what is, like, I don't, like, if you're going to, ugh, it's just annoying. Because it's like, if Paul Jenkins is like, well, I mean that I'm one face and that uh, I don't change my mind anymore. I'm like, what? You know, like, no, I, but, I do you not think that this, this is a weird post-Grant Morrison thing? Do you not feel that Grant Morrison sort of, in his Justice League run way, way back when, um, sort of pioneered the use of so stupid it's almost genius and that was i feel like that was just been taken to a ridiculous level by jeff johns right and now it's just become a thing where it's just become so stupid like the genius part has been forgotten yeah, you know yeah what I mean? no. like I'm, I'm i'm almost more surprised that they went for one face as opposed to 200 face well yeah you know, exactly think... yeah yeah that's what i would have thought that they would have gone with 20 face or something like that you know and, and i i i uh you yeah, I see, that. Did, I see that. You kind of yeah. wish they'd gone for total. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, if they've been twenty faces, ten little been guys done. running around who have only two faces. Dude, that or would be awesome. Them, and they've all got half a face. Dude, he gets cloned, and so there are there's ten of him, and so there's a league of two faces, and oh, of course, the backstabbing that goes on would just be fascinating. Completely, and they've all got their eyes and their fingers like the ten-eyed man. Ooh. And they found <laughs> an, a scarred called... ATM card instead of an actual, like, coin. And they're called 20 face 100 eyes. No. Ten, yeah, 10 times. 20 face 100 eyes. There you go. Well, That's what they're called. There we go. Yeah, very well done, Graham. I do like it both I was about like, to say, ah, welcome to the ah, math ah, head ah, saga. <laughs> <laughs> this this is why we will not be crafting educational math comics anytime soon. So uh, yeah, yes. Well, in that case, I really worry about your math comics that you will be crafting anytime soon. <laughs> it is I, Fraction Head. Two divided by one is. Hold on, wait, wait for it, wait for it. I. <laughs> Was it going with that? Yeah, actually, you know, Morrison's Batman or Robin happen- seems like a big deal. Yes. I was going to say, what's going to happen is Marvel's going to do the math comics, and it's going to be done by Math Fraction. Oh, tea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is the response I was looking for. <laughs> you are trying for this laugh track thing. I can see it now. I didn't realize that you were as serious about this as, as you could be. Batwing number two, man, that book read... Oh, that was the other thing, is a lot of these books, like Action Comics and OMAC, both felt pretty packed, but maybe it's just the nature of how I'm reading stuff, but like Batwing number two, Detective Comics number two, Animal Man number two, Red Lantern number two, and Schism number five, all of them I felt like I breezed through in like... I don't know, four minutes apiece, and then I was kind of like... Schism number five really does it? give up its first half to mm-hmm. the most ridiculous fight sequence ever. Yeah. I mean, not it's, ridiculous it's entire first half. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's... Boy. He really... I... That... Uh, he, you he, know, fu- he fucked that landing. He really he did. did. Not, he really not, did. Not to the extent of Flashpoint, but really close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because... The schism of the title, like, it doesn't actually happen. You know, I, I, 
No, because if you're selling it as the X Men are split into by a, a, by this massive philosophical disagreement and they can't be friends anymore, that doesn't happen. Maybe it happens for Cyclops and Wolverine, but the others just decide, oh, I'm going to go with him, or I'm going to go with him. There's oh, no yeah. sign of the team falling apart at all. Yeah. No, there's no sign of the team falling apart. And frankly, there's kind of, even at the end where the two of them split, I didn't buy they, it. They I was... like, yeah, no, I really didn't buy it. But also, they seem like they're sort of splitting in good terms, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, I, I don't I don't get the idea that, like, it's a, I don't get the idea that it's a schism. I get right. the idea that it's a philosophical disagreement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Or, I feel like yeah. really, really... Weirdly enough, I thought he was leading up to it really well in the last couple of issues. Oh, sure. I mean, and that then this the issue, he completely yeah. just crushed it. it. It's horrible. Well, because I think what i think the things that you and i found interesting all and even up until issue four it's there is kind of kind of how he's thinking of things how he's approaching things issue five is the okay this is the part that's mandated that it has to happen and because he didn't build to it right it feels completely wrong you know and it's also just the it's the way just... that it's sold and let's face it when it's called x-men schism it's it's like if it was called X-Men Breakup. You know what I mean? Like It's like you want to see Cyclops and Wolverine break up and it's very messy and they're throwing well, that, stuff that's out just of it. Like you have, you, have, you have Ivy at the end of the book saying, yeah. I can't believe I'm the one who broke up the X-Men. And I, I was honestly like, when did the X-Men break up? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. I mean, everyone's like, some people are on one jet, other people are staying around, and there's no, no one discusses it. No, but but not only is, that, they're like, let's, you know, okay, Slim, I've got to leave you. Can I have a plane? Yeah, sure, you can take a sure, plane. Sure, take it, yeah, and take all the people you want. Okay, but you know, you know, you owe me an apology. Ah, yeah, you and your mustache. Like, really, it's not a breakup. It's like, oh, we're friends with benefits now. You know what yeah, I mean? It, like, it's, it is it's like, totally you know, I, I, I'm a, sitting over here. Yeah, it's really... Horrifically, yeah. horrifically, just a mess. Not only that, the the actual the fight sequence is terribly done, really bad. Like uh, it's that it's that preview that we saw that we made fun of weeks ago, times three, and it just. And it is actually it's funny that the preview was had no dialogue, and then when you see the pages, the dialogue is literally <laughs> her erg oof yeah her ugh boom ger crag her ugh. Ga, ra, nuk, voosh, and that's it. Wait, who says voosh? Uh, that's the sound effect. No one actually says Oh, okay. Uh, but, like, but that's it. That That is the dialogue that they thought, let's not put that in the preview. That might spoil it for people. Dude, they were like, we want people to pick this up. You know what I mean? Like, that people are like, I'm going to pay three ninety nine for ger, arg, herg, and rock, and foom. You know, it, it's yeah. it's a, a a terrible, 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 terrible ending, and honestly, it does just make me excited and terrified for Fear Yourself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it really does. I I'm just like along these lines. Fear Yourself is now going to be one of the worst comics ever made. Mm-hmm. Like if this is how the end schism, which let's face it, had its good points throughout the entire series. Dude, I would have to say that you and I liked the first four issues of Schism more than we liked the first four issues of Fear Itself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, by far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, is it going to be this thing where Fear Itself is somehow going to redeem itself in this last issue, or is it going to be this thing where it goes all in for craziness? <laughs> <laughs> Going all in for crap. 
Yeah, no, it's going to be, uh, I think chances of it being the latter are really, really, sadly, really good. But is it not kind of insane that, like, it looks like no one can do an event comic now? Based upon Flashpoint and Schism and Fear Itself, yeah. no one knows how to do an event comic anymore. Well, dude, all I can say to you is two words. Spider Island is boring. I guess that's boring. <laughs> I've actually not even read any Spider Island. See, that's what I'm like. I don't know. But, in, you know, part because... an event, we could know. I mean, yeah. this is the problem. What Like, events are like the German mark right before World War II. You know what I mean? Like, now there's just wheelbarrows <laughs> oh, I really of don't, them. but I love it. <laughs> you know, there was this whole thing that before the war, it was like people, that, sort of the stories I was told in my very dicey public school education, that they need, like, wheelbarrows of money to buy just one loaf of bread. Like, like the events are so undervalued. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. And let's face it, the editors treat them like it's nothing. They're like, oh, this is the hugest event. But, like, when you read this last issue of Schism, you're just like, it's bad. Like, like you know that page where they find the poisoned um, b- bunch of Muppets? Do you know what I'm talking about? That was the point where I was just like, dude, come on. Like, when did, when did, did Andy Kubert, like, draw this, like, while he was waiting for a bus? You know, there's that scene where Warbird or whatever is like, we found the Hellfire Club but we won't get any answers out of them. Have you seen that? Have you looked at that page closely? They're Muppets. They are Muppets. Those they're, are they're dead not Muppets. Muppets. They're dead villains of Look sub- at the page. Look at the <laughs> no, page. I know. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. They're not Muppets, though. They're more... They're, they're like, cut you're right. puppets. They're, yeah, they're yeah, puppets. They, they are kind of, it is really weird. It's like, who knew the Hellfire Club all had no hair? Uh, button noses and really big out ears. <laughs> red, yeah, big bulbous ears and apparently a big flap for their jaw to talk. Come on. <laughs> Not only that, I love their faces. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's just like, no wonder they, these guys get killed because she just looked at them and you couldn't stop laughing. And you can't yeah, take Hellfire Club seriously. Yeah, you can't because it's like it's not even spitting image level puppetry. It's the fucking Muppets. These are like it's like Bert and Statler and Waldorf all dead. You know, it's just stupid. So the art is bad. The storytelling was so bad in this last issue. And and then you read the the editor's page, and he's like, "Oh my god, right, guys?" And it was like, "Really? Wow." Yeah, as we said, anytime an editor starts off with yes and three exclamation points. Yeah! You're really like, wow, LOL, Nick. (laughs) In a big way. In a big fucking way. Ah, but I'm not the only one who thinks this series is the tasty juice. I'm like, okay, I, I appreciate that someone is trying to figure out what the 2011 equivalent of Stan Lee is going to be. Thank you for those mad props, Stephen. Uh, I usually do usually talk like that, hence Tasty Juice. But yeah, it's it's like, it's got a voice, but I'm like, dude, you, okay, apart from the fact that um, you're as out of touch as Jeff is with how people are talking on the internet, uh, shouldn't you be paying attention to the comic and the, the fact, fact that, that it's terrible? It is really bad, and <laughs> at some part, 
Andy Kubert was reusing his art for his abandoned Muppet Babies series from the Star Comics. Uh, oh God, I would love to see that. But uh, here, okay, just to make fun of Andy Kubert a little bit more. Or is it Adam Kubert? Which Kubert is it? I don't know. I can never keep it straight. I always go, with, but it probably let, is Adam. Let me look. Let me look. It's Adam. Okay. Because Andy's the one who gets the super high paying gigs and is always late on. Or maybe they're both that way. They're, they're both that way. But um, I, Andy's the one who did Flashpoint, which was all on time. So Yes, it was all on time. But who did the action comics that ran abominably late, although supposedly that was Donner's? Andy. That was Andy. Okay. All right. Um, but the, the scene at the end with the new Hellfire Club and the children and they're holding up the drinks. Yes. Isn't it great that in the Marvel Universe these days, children are just adults with really round heads that are far too big for their body? <laughs> It's almost as if he's never seen children. Oh, he hasn't. He completely has. I mean, these kids, these really are. I'm like, he was like, I have no idea what kids look like, but I believe I can reference child dolls very easily. Like, those, exactly. There is something so creepy about those three kids. And I'm like, the, the abandoned Kubert Brothers toy line, you know. <laughs> Which was the spin-off of their Muppet line. Oh, absolutely. Uh, their Muppet Baby line. Yeah, no, I mean, it really is baffling. And I was just, seriously, and after looking at it like this, I was like, they won't let motherfuckers smoke in these comics anymore? Like, really? Seriously? I, I don't know. I don't get it. I just, it's so stupid. It is so dumb. Schism was, was terrible. Schism, oh Schism was hilariously bad. It was, it was bad, and it, like I said, I, I'm just shocked that, that, I really feel for anyone who, like, kind of, I don't know, had to sign up for it and pay the money for it. Because I was oh, like... Oh, wait. Oh, do you think that there's not people who are going to think this is the greatest comic ever? Like, I swear to God, Benjamin Birdie is somewhere on Twitter right now having an orgasm over this comic. Right. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, people people will like this. There's an audience for this comic, Jeff. It's yeah. just it's not us. It, it is so not us. I, I'm shocked that people really... But they love it in, like, the... They, no, in, in a, they genuinely love it. Sense, I, I not would, in a Graham McMillan loves decoded sense, but in a no, in a like, they genuinely think it is spectacular and a well done comic sense. I will lay money on it. Well, sure, somebody's going to think that. No, but like, but like relatively, you know, the people, majority of people are yes, going to think that. Yeah, I just looked it up on Twitter. Oh, you did Finally, one of those fancy finally read Schism 5. Jason Aaron is just better than people are writing comics. Great story from beginning to end. <laughs> I always like when you read it and you draw out the vowels like that. From beginning to end. Actually, I guess that's the consonants, but I'm not going to quibble. I'm just going to be wrong. Uh, oh, speaking of being wrong, um, remember when I was baffled when Jarrett Kobeck was telling me about Dave Sim stalking uh, Arnold Drake in the pages of uh, yes, Glamour yes, Puss? Yes, yes, yes. Stan Drake. Stan Drake, Jared was kind of oh, right and go. That, that would make sense, because yeah. he did draw. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, actually, the great thing is I didn't actually screw it up, as is the case. I only managed to perfectly recite things when they're told to me incorrectly in the first place. Oh, so you were told Arnold Drake. Yeah, I was told Jarrett misspoke, and then afterwards was like, I know that wasn't right, and then he apparently heard the podcast, and he's like, oh, great, the one time I'm actually quoted directly on the podcast, I sound wrong and like an idiot. Dude, I can't believe we're not going to be talking about Casanova because you haven't read it. 
Uh, you can talk about it. I, I honestly, it's, it's one of those things I've seen a lot of people online basically be like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. In, in a good I'm, way. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I totally, I was super impressed with this issue. I have to admit it. I totally read it and I was like, you totally read it. You didn't just partially read it. You're not pretending to have read it. You totally I, yeah. read it. I you actually the shit out I, of that motherfucker. I, I actually took the time to teach myself to read for a change, Graham, and I learned and I read. I sounded out all the words myself. <laughs> and let me tell you, it was good. It was. It's a shame. It's because there's a part where I feel like, in some ways, he's totally addressing. A, I feel like. A lot of the complaints that you and I have had, it's one of those things where I kind of felt like, oh, Fraction's sort of kind of getting ahead of the message. And there's a part in the book that was partially spoiled for me by an interview that I might have started reading and then gave up on, but had forgotten about so that when I got to it, I thought that it was a super fucking clever scene. And we'll see exactly what you think of it, because I think that you are going to see it as potentially reinforcing some of your fears or frustrations with the book. And I think that it is precisely the opposite where fraction takes a lot of the stuff that we've been blabbing about and turns it on its head in a, in a kind of great way. Also, I, I, one, I'm, I'm weirdly looking forward to it. Although I have to admit, I think I'm fractioned out. Yeah, I can imagine. I, cause I was too, I very much picked this up with the idea of like, where it was like, I'm going to pick this up because we're going to talk about it. And <laughs> I then we didn't. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you faked me out, Graham. And I kind of was like, hey, you know what? I I did. I ended up really fucking liking it. That being said, part of me is like, part of my affection for it is because I miss Those Annoying Post Brothers by Matt Howarth, which this book is so heavily indebted to. I can't even see straight. But, um... And in a way that isn't kind of acknowledged, like despite everything else that's like nine million other sorts of clever references, I think he doesn't call himself out on that influence, which I think is kind of telling. But eh, I, it, but I don't even necessarily mean that as a, as a minus. We'll have to talk about it whenever you eventually buy slash steal slash read it, because I think it'll it'll be a fun conversation. Oh, I'm, I'm going to buy it because I really want to support the idea of digital comics coming out. For a buck ninety nine. For a buck ninety nine, when the the print price is five dollars, I'm yeah. I'm totally going to support that. I'm shocked that I didn't. You did not. I will have to say I picked up uh, issue zero of Snarked, which I had forgotten to, and issue one of Snarked. I uh, I completely forgot about Snarked yesterday. That's the thing when you go to the comic store for the first time in six, in four weeks. Right, you completely so laid down with yeah, stuff. You yeah. completely forget what you're picking up. I also didn't get Daredevil, for example, and then I left Storm was like, motherfucker. Yeah, what the? I think okay, so I think it's because issue three and four were sold out because I didn't. I looked on the stands and I didn't even see it to jog my memory. Oh, interesting. So you did not. So you went to the store yesterday. I sort yeah. of assume that you still were not. So. No, I, I went to the store yesterday. I just there was lots of things I forgot to pick up. Sure, makes sense. Totally makes sense. I have those. It's happening less now that I've been going every week which Hibbs is amused, pleased, and delighted by, and I myself am sort of... Anyway, uh, Snark number one, ah, it's interesting. Like, the book doesn't work for me. I'm shocked. I'm shocked by it, that it didn't... One thing, it's too expensive. I don't know, it's one of those weird, like... It's weird that I paid, like, you know, four ninety nine for Casanova and for 32 pages and thought it was fine, and then I paid... I don't know, 
$3.99 for Snarked, which is probably, I don't know, 20 pages, maybe 22 pages, and felt like I was not getting my money's worth. But it's weird. It's one of those weird, like, I have to try and separate my... You know how the internet has this instinct to go, like, to talk to be adults and talk about what kids would like, yeah. whether or not they're yeah. actually right. In fact, they're usually kind of wrong and viewing it through a nostalgic lens or whatever. I'm trying not to do that and go like, I don't think that snark as a kid's comic would be a kid's comic kids would like, but I'm kind of think that that's the case. I really, I re, but maybe part of it is I didn't like it. Like I don't, the characters kind of don't have enough heart so far. Like, I know that that's supposed to be the draw, is that this Jay Wellenty and Wimpy-esque character, the walrus... And he totally is wimpy, partner. right? I'm yeah, not, I'm although, not alone in thinking that. He's totally wimpy. Yeah, which, except he's... Well, here's the thing. He's so far as equally cold-hearted as Wimpy is, but that's why Wimpy was great as comic relief. As the lead character, I kind of don't like him. You know? I sort of, I'm like... Oh, I, I can totally see that. Yeah, so I ended up not digging him. And he's a little bit of W.C. Fields and all those characters, and I'm just, uh, I'm not so down with it. Oh, I tell you what I did love. Uh, two things that I loved were uh, this week, Bakuman Volume 7 came out, and I thought it was great. Um, totally dug it. Can't wait for you to read it. But I'm shocked. Again, for me, that book is just like a warm bath. And it might be part of the reason why I picked up Snarked and went, had a weirdly formalistic thing of like, huh, you know, I don't think kids would like this. Because the great thing about Bakuman, now that you're you know, six issues in, so much of it is about seeing how people in the industry kibitz and second guess each other, Mm -hmm. you know, where the editors are like, well, statistically we find that children with like big ears do far less, you know, don't do nearly as well as children with small ears. And we've got the survey cards to prove it. There was something about Snark where I was like, man, if he just made the walrus's eyes a little warmer and a little less conniving I would be on board with this. Bakuman Volume 7, I loved. Love and Rockets number 4, which I picked up last week and read three nights ago, is fucking stunning. Which I also forgot to pick up and killed me because I've been wanting to read that since fucking San Diego. And I just forgot to read it. And I also have a feeling that I'm going to read it and just be heartbroken. Everything I've heard about it. I think I'm going to read it because basically I love Jaime stuff. I don't really like Gilbert stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I have the I from everything I've heard, the Jaime thing is just devastating. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Did you read? Did you read three? Yeah, yeah. If you like the Jaime stuff in three, which I loved, yeah, then you will you'll love this stuff here. It's it's great. It's great. I actually enjoyed uh, Gilbert's stuff in this. He's such a but you won't. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. Let me rush to say that. Like I don't, and I don't mean that in any sort of. I'm trying to beat you into reading it. I'm just oh, saying, I'll, like, I'll read it. Yeah, you'll read it, but I don't think that you'll love it. You might or might not like it more because it feels a little more, I guess, fully rounded. I suppose. Then you know, no, no pun intended. But I, you know, in that the piece seems to have. Um, 
it's a little easier to see, I think, where he's going with it and what, what he wants to say with it. But it's nothing like, ah, uh, Jesus, Jaime's piece. It's, it is. It's great. It's broken into, you know, he's got basically three pieces in it. And they just build and rebound off of each other. And there are pages in that that just stun me. Really just stun me. So um, that was extraordinary. Reading that was fucking fantastic. Um and have you picked up, have you flipped through Hark of Vagrant? I could not get Hark of Vagrant, something else that was sold out. Holy shit. Wow, dude. Well, I'll be curious to see your thoughts about it. I think it's reproduced at the wrong size. Oh, really? Yeah, it's one of those things that's really weird, where I had her previous collection, which looks like the same size as this, and of course I have them fucking packed away, so I can't break them out and compare, but I think Hark of Vagrant is actually a little bit smaller and the some of the larger full page strips are reduced down too small like there's some sort of weird uniform border boundary thing that's put in there also there's some stuff where like for example uh stuff where she would be doing a bunch of mm, uh, well like for example that those great pages where she takes edward gory covers and then and then you know, makes up the story based on the cover. Uh, those are fantastic, but some of those are spread out over huge, huge sets of pages, which is not a problem because those are modular, but I'm trying to think there's a few stories earlier or, I don't know, strips that break across two pages and it's not especially clear, I think, that it's supposed to be a two-page strip. So it's kind of like, oh, right, this keeps going sort of the fat pony huh. stuff seems incomplete oh no it's really weird i but mainly my big problem is god where was it that i was i just came across it where i'm like and who knows maybe everyone else is going to disagree and it's going to rightfully say hey you know what jeff you're just old and going it blind oh it's the aquaman strip the aquaman strip is re, is reduced too small on the page it's really weird um, I will. I will be looking forward to to getting and, and seeing. In in part because I am so anal that I was looking through the back matter in the action comics and was like, oh, they fucked up the DPI in these skin color. <laughs> they have. They've really. They're weirdly pixelated. Huh. You know, I noticed. I think I noticed that in one of them. I was just busy reading the stuff and trying to figure out if Rags Morales was pranking me or not. You know. <laughs> He was. You know what I mean? He was. Okay, so, thank so God. He, he, okay. he, he called me to tell me that. Um, oh, thank God. I'm, re I'm really looking forward to Harker Vagrant. I am ecstatic that it's number one in the New York uh, Times graphic novel list. Oh, so, is it? Yeah, so oh, happy it's for Kate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really, exactly. like, you and I have both been fans for, a, a, at this point, a ridiculously long time. I'm so, yeah. so happy she's number one in the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. The graphic novelist, I should say, not all of New York Times. If only, but... Um, yeah, if only. <laughs> yeah, really, really, really happy about that and hope that it means, you know, fame and fortune for her, to be honest. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. At some point, it was probably around the time that she did the Chaplin thing for... God, was it the Criterion people? Or was it Janice Films? I don't know. There was some point where I was like, I realized that... Uh, uh, as much as I, I dig her work and the one time I met her, she couldn't have been like a cooler person. Like, like worrying about Kate, Kate Beaton is something you, you just are not going to have to do. 
You know what I mean? Like it just unless something no, which, which, which comes is, along, which is great. Yeah. Is great. She is going to. It's like it's kind of interesting to see somebody and you follow their work and they're like, oh my god, this person is going to be huge. And then weirdly enough, like you they know, become huge. <laughs> yeah, really huge. And it's like, okay, I don't really have to. I'm not saying like, oh, they're no longer cool or anything. No, no, but like no. That. But you do. You have a kind of moment of like, well, I guess they're going to be fine. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm like, all right, no more baby birding that one. They're on their own. You know, now it's back to worrying about, uh, I don't know, whatever, whomever. Just Who are sorry. you worrying about these days, Jeff? That's a good question. Boy, that would be such a great topic. Like, who are we worried about? It's like an, an onion index. Uh, yeah, now that we've mentioned about. the onion twice, by the way, have, you don't have IFC, do you? You've not seen that the Onion News Network is back on IFC? No, no, I don't have it. People so. who have IFC on your cable package, uh, I regularly recommends television shows to Jeff that Jeff will watch and tell me it's terrible. Everyone yes. watch the Onion News Network. It really is the funniest thing on television right now. Yeah, it's fucking, it is pretty great. The excerpts that I've seen. It, it, it's it's come back. Um, and the first episode was the taking place in the half hour before an asteroid is going to destroy all human life. <laughs> <laughs> and features like, you know, the panel of experts completely fucking breaking down and being unable to do their jobs because they're facing extinction. <laughs> it was just exceptionally grim. It was wonderful. That is wonderful. Uh, let me see. Who am I worried about these days? I'm not really worried about Julia Wirtz. I'm not really worried. I guess I'm a little worried about John Rosam, I suppose. Oh, I read the second issue of Static Shock. That's another one. How was that? Read. It was okay. I mean, it was fine. I, like, I'm a little worried that he's leaving the book. There, There were some parts that seemed a little weird <laughs> you know his ultimate super villain team seems looks like they're a kid's adventure team from the 90s so it's a little weird i'm like really your arch enemies are like guys in different colored jumpsuits who ride like magna snowmobiles it just seemed really odd um but the stuff with the character i guess i liked okay it also had that weird like oh and here's like the world's weirdest subplot like for somebody who never followed static shock before um, I was baffled by, there's like a one page sequence where apparently there's the, uh, what must've been Dwayne McDuffie riffing on the clone saga, but there's like two characters who are perfect clones of each other who apparently each insists the other, that, that they are the real one. That would have been great. No, you're the, I'm the clone. You're the real one. Um, that'd be a nice twist. Uh, it was just a weird thing to throw out of the blue. Like, oh, I've got, I've got, you know two pages of personal life on to throw in on Static Shock's life. Why don't I bring everyone up to speed on the sister who th has a clone who also thinks that she's the sister? I was just weird. Very, very odd. Um, I worry about John Rosen. Uh, who else do I worry about? Can I interrupt uh, you for two seconds and say sure. that one of the things I did read recently was um, Spider-Man The Next Chapter, Volume 1, which is a collection of the first, I want to say, four issues of the Howard Mackie John Byrne Spider-Man relaunch from 1999. Holy shit! Was that collected or something? Yes, it's just recently collected. Wow. Um, and anyone who really likes Dan Slott Spider-Man right now, here's your chance to see it done ten years earlier and kind of better. Ooh, ouch! Really? Yeah. Like amazingly similar. Hmm. Hmm. 
kind of jaw-droppingly similar to the point where I wonder if Dan Slott is purposefully trying to do the same stuff. Huh, really? Because he, like, goes to work for some he goes sort to of work think tank? For, yeah, he goes to work for a think tank. Uh, there are the same number of people in the think tank. Uh, the boss is pretty much the same character. Um, someone recreates the scorpion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what the other plot is. There's this, but there's this weird collection of like, Dan Slott's just done this in the last six months, <laughs> all the way through the book. <laughs> it's really weird. Huh. That is very odd, Graham. I have to admit. Uh, I wonder what the fuck. Um... Oh, dude. Uh, I just thought of something. What? What did you just think of? Tell well, me. How... How hard is your your jumping off deadline? Uh, it's pretty. Let's put it this way: I will have to be off this call one way or another by six thirty. Okay, okay, great, great, great. I figured we'd wrap it up sooner, but I realize if we're not podcasting for two weeks, we should probably announce our contest winner or co- decide our contest winner. These are oh, things I, that I, I meant to totally email you about. I offline. know who won the contest, my friend. Uh. That's great. Are you going to share that with me? I assume Wait. that we're thinking it's the same person. I think we we are because we talked yeah. to it in email. Yeah, that's what I thought. But yeah. let me double check here. Can I open up? I've got a Skype thing. I can like send you a little chat thing, right? <laughs> I wonder can if I... this is, this is going to make it into the podcast where people are going to hear her complete indecision. <laughs> right. People. No. 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 Uh, listeners, I think we're ninety percent sure. But um, I just sent you a thing. This is it. this is why you and I. Should really plan this stuff out. Yes. Okay, that's why I thought. Well, I didn't want to. You know, yesterday was your birthday, so I didn't want to like be pestering you. But I have lots of stuff that I wanted to ask you about this and ma- mails and other things. Okay, so we, should we announce that now or should we announce it later? Crazily or- enough, as you just tried to say that, you became weirdly auto-tuned. <laughs> oh, did I? It was like, yeah. You're 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 back to normal now. Oh, okay. So, so I, I think we should announce. Anyway, the, the contest, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Dear listeners, dear Jeff, dear everyone who might be hearing these words, even aliens if they somehow find that <laughs> we're sending out years after our destruction. Um, we asked what was Wolverine the best at and who was the second best and why was he better? Strange thing happened. Namely, almost everyone who entered the contest thought that Wolverine was better than Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if all of you like secretly got together behind the scenes and thought that it'd be really funny, or if all of you make the connection between Wolverine and Batman. But no joke, like ninety-five percent of the people who entered, yeah, Batman, right? I'm not imagining yeah. that. No, no, no. It was huge, and it was one of those weird things where it's like, huh? Like I never. I'd never quite made the connection, but once everyone, I was like, oh, of course. Like, of course people would be coming to this conclusion. Like, it was that weird, like, plain as the nose on your face kind of thing. But, uh, yes. So, please continue, Graham. Um, so, the winner we have chosen, uh, we have chosen in part because it wasn't Batman. Uh, just to differentiate itself from the, the, the rest of the crowd. And also because Batman is the best at everything, people. Right. You don't beat Batman at anything. Come on. <laughs> Has Grant Morrison's Justice League told you tell you nothing? Has, for that matter, the Brave and the Bold, the spectacular cartoon, told you nothing? Oh, Jeff, seriously, you have to download, you have to go to iTunes and download last week's episode for the Aquaman opening. 
which is like the, the as if it was you know um the real housewives of, of atlantis it's it's spectacular and it starts with Aquaman singing and it's a song that if you're anything like me you'll have in your head for the next couple of days i was right. walking around the house going ahoy 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 my friends <laughs> i think it thought that was insane um nonetheless um yeah so it's uh, everyone who said batman i'm sorry you're wrong uh, and therefore he don't win the winner is mr al ewing who sent yes. the following wolverine is the best there is at what he does and what he does is lovingly places naked testicles against the glass of the dingy room's control booth before spreading his scrotum out like a large pink pancake are you laughing yes <laughs> no i'm laughing god damn it uh for spreading his scrotum out like a large pink pancake for the students to admire it isn't very nice. See, he also gets points for it isn't very nice. I yeah. I thought that was actually kind of smart. Uh, the second best of this is Mick Hucknall of the band Simply Red. But Wolverine's best. <laughs> Seriously, you're just going to make me laugh all the way through this. Sorry. <laughs> Wolverine is better because his testicles contain trace amounts of adamantium that causes balls to clink. <laughs> Jeff, take it from here. Sorry. The second best at this is Mick Hucknall of the band Simply Red, but Wolverine is better because his testicles contain trace amounts of adamantium that causes balls to clink satisfyingly against the glass. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sorry. There, there are so many reasons why I adore that email. Um, yeah. Partly because it isn't very nice is a great line <laughs> to put it in. Uh, yeah. Partly because I really hate Mick Hucknall. I I, it's, I don't know how he knew, how I knew this, but I yeah. really genuinely dislike Mike Hucknall. Um and so I can completely believe he would try to do that. Uh, yes, I yeah, and also it wasn't Batman, so that's that's why it's my vote for a winner. Jeff, yes. do you have anything to add? Uh, you know, Graham, if I was more on the ball, I would actually take the time to thank all of our contest winners, uh, entry enterers. I guess our winners is just one person, <laughs> yes. which we would be can, great. We can thank you so much, Frederick. Al, thank you. Yeah, yeah. As for the rest of you suckers, uh, so I, actually, a lot of people did enter, and neither of us are yeah. so content to to um have their names right here. But everyone who entered, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You made us laugh a lot. And yeah, really, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what it was all about. It's true. It's totally true. I actually enjoyed uh, all of these tremendously. Thank you, everyone. We'll have to have another one. You know, I, uh, in fact, realized that I have an, a spare issue of Criminal Last of the Innocent number one while I was sorting my comics the other day. So I, 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 will, I will beat that, my yes. friend. Yes, you uh, will. Anyone who's read a Vertical comic this week... Yes. Who might be a very small number of people, for all I know. Um, there's a preview of something called Marzi, a memoir, which is a graphic novel by Marzina Silva, S O W A, with art by Sylvian Savoya. Um, it's I don't think it's out until the end of this month, but I have a copy that I will give away. Uh, what is the t- title of it again? Marza, Marzi, M A R Z I. Ah, thank you. I That's thought you Mar- said... Mar- Marzi, a memoir. See, I thought it was Morrissey, a memoir. And I'm oh, like, God, that what? would be spectacular. He's... Wouldn't it? I was like, Jesus, <laughs> we will get... Yeah. 
5,000 entries on that. Um, sadly not, Morrissey. Uh, Morrissey, M-A-R-Z-I. Um, yes. are, like I said, there's a preview at the back, on the back of this week's virtual festival, and maybe last week's as well. I think it's definitely a preview of the Five of American Vampire this week. Great. Yes. And also the Unwritten. I'm just looking at the things I bought. Yeah. Preview of the most recent issues of American Vampire and Unwritten, at least. Oh, you know, I think I, I picked up that American Vampire and still haven't read it. That's the Jody Bernay issue? Yes. Ah, see, I've got to read that. So, um, because I picked it up because it, it looks so pretty. Uh, sir, so what, what, what do they have to do? I have absolutely no idea. You well, will have to come up with this one. I came up with the Wolverine contest. It's time for you and to come up with this contest. Okay. Working off the name, uh, and this is going to be a little difficult because it <laughs> might be a little cross-pollination. Working off the name Virgo, tell us which Alfred Hitchcock movie would make the best continually running comic book series? Who would publish it? And who would do the the most highly acclaimed run on it? Wow. So wait, let, let, me, let me get this straight. Right. If there were to be yes. a comic book adaptation of an Alfred Hitchcock movie, yeah. Which would be the best movie to adapt? Who would yeah. publish it? And who would yeah. not only be the writer and artist, but who would have the most highly acclaimed run? So, well, for yeah, example, be- if um, Jeff Loeb and Ed McGuinness mm-hmm. launched Rear Window Issue 1 at Marvel, you're saying that the real answer would be it's when Joe Casey takes over yeah. with art by Nathan Fox. Uh, ima- so imagine essentially that a Hitchcock movie gets the Star Wars treatment and after the adaptation of the movie continues to run on to new episodes. And well, obviously it's Archie Goodwin and Howard Chagan. Come on. Continuously. Exactly. Archie Goodwin and Howard Chagan. Dude, do, should I just – do you want to – do you not want other people to enter and win this contest? Is that what you're doing? If you just wanted the Marzi book for yourself, you didn't have to be a dick about it. But uh, no, 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 no. Do you think this is a bad idea for a contest? No, I, I think, I think this is a spectacular idea. idea for the contest. Yeah. Um, listeners, please send your entries um, as convoluted and as funny as you want. Although I think this one might be won over by people who just have genuinely great ideas as opposed to people who make us laugh the most. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Exactly. Which which Hitchcock film uh, would be? Would you pick to be a successful long-running car- comic series? Who publishes it? And who's the person who does the most highly acclaimed run on that series? Holy moly, I like the, the cut of your contest jib there, sir. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm very surprised came up with that just... Because I was pretty impressed at your Wolverine one, so we'll see. We'll see how this works out. I clearly like that he used it all up. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense, my friend. That's the reason why vacations were invented. We'll come back fresh as a daisy a few weeks. That's from now. true. That we're going to go off on vacation. Yeah, you know this is the thing that's actually kind of weird to me. I'm like, should we? Would you be okay if we just still talked? <laughs> Oh, Jeff. I know. I was kind of like, I think I would miss talking to you for two weeks. I just kind of don't want to record and mix it, and it'd just be a shorter conversation <laughs> when we force ourselves to talk about comics. But, you just know. do a podcast and we just don't record it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've never full reference in future. People be like, well, I don't remember hearing that one. Yeah, dude, I'm sure people do. The people who say that are me, 
actually. Frankly, I edit these. I put them up. I'm in the conversation twice, and people still reference things. Um, like the person who wrote us who was like, yeah, I can't believe that Crash It Like Flashpoint is not a, a phrase. And I'm like, I know, it's one of Graham's better ones. And they're like, actually, I thought you said it. And I'm like, oh, did I? I, huh, okay. So I know, I, I actually really did say it. You did say it. I That's know, what I thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay, so I haven't... Although, I, I, I had a moment like that today when um reading the comments of the most recent episode mm -hmm. where someone said, very recently in relation to my impression, Graham said that he felt the work was born from pain, about pain, but unable to say anything meaningful or illuminating about pain. Yeah. And even though he says, I'm paraphrasing, I still thought, that sounds more intelligent than anything I've ever said in the podcast. <laughs> You've had some good ones, Graham, and that one really was. That was actually a brilliant little phrase there. Um, so that's why we know it was you. Um, yeah, so um, everyone who wants to hear me talk about Casanova, who I'm really sorry I've not read it uh, because I'm inherently cheap. Everyone who wants to hear us talk about Fear itself, we might end up skipping it. Like, if it's, we might just have other things to talk about when we come back from vacation. Maybe there'll be a ton of stuff, but I kind of imagine we would have to talk about it because God knows. Well, this is the other thing. This is, I sort of feel like, like you said, sort of fractioned out a little bit, you know? So I think Casanova would have been fun, but at the same time, I'm also kind of relieved because it was also sort of, uh, Part of why I wanted to talk about it was it just seemed so germane to a lot of the things that we were talking about, not just about Fraction, but generally. And now I'm like, whoo-hoo, dodge that bullet. Uh, <laughs> whereas, like, Fear Itself, I sort of feel would be easier to talk about because I think it's just going to be... Oh, yeah, I think Fear, fear Itself will ultimately just be, this is terrible. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? As opposed to let, let, yeah. let's actually get any deeper. I don't think you actually need to go any deeper. Yeah, it's just going to be like, wow, that was hoo-hoo. Oh boy. So yeah, but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. All right, sir. Well, uh, so listeners, thank you for joining us for yet another installment. Please listen to us, uh, look for us in our two weeks. Um, uh, I... Also, listeners, I, I would like to apologize for the fact that we completely just fell apart at the end there. We were just like, blah, 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 we're nearing the end of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever well, focus did... we had at the start completely went by the end. Let's, let's be completely honest, Jeff. Well, I, I suppose, I guess. I mean, my thing was I thought we had to be – we had a hard deadline of six minutes ago. So my understanding was we had to be off. So I was like, uh, we better get to that contest end and then, you know, it's a wrap. Then it just went screwy. I'm sorry. Everyone. Dude, but, dude, if you've got something – if you've got a last-minute comic book move to bust, uh, definitely do. I uh, sadly have no moves to bust in terms of <laughs> – I have um, – I have – as I told you last week, I've been focusing on the prose. Ah, yes, the prose. I'm reading. So, I'm reading a book that is blowing my fucking mind about the existence of the multiverse in reality. Whoa! What? Yes. Wow. What's <laughs> really? the name of the book? Oh god, I can't even remember. And it's downstairs. <laughs> I know. I can. I can look it up because it's in the library, so I can just have to see what books I've got at the library. Really? Yeah. Do you have a wait list? Because, you know, the thing that's crazy is my library will not show you what books you've checked out. Yeah, it, it tells me what I have checked out. Um, really? The, what do I have? Suckers. Uh, it's called The Hidden Reality, Parallel Universes and the Deep Laws of the Cosmos. Wow. Wow. Yeah, as, as you do. Um, <laughs> yes. There's a, hilariously, I got that out at the same time as I got out the Spider-Man book. Zero Hour Crisis in Time by Dan Jurgens. 
and Fantastic Four Volume Four by John Hickman. So it was a very Dude, odd collection of things to get out. I was about to say, like the the somebody at the library is like printing out your checkout list. Oh yeah, think, seriously, I've got to go to like some list or another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. Oh boy. Uh, yes. Um. Well, good. <laughs> I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, like, I, I, you can either tell me about multiple universes, or I can try and come up with some shtick about it. But I'm like, I, I'm... you're shutting down, ladies and gentlemen. This is a sign that Jeff Lester really needs vacation, and that's where he's yeah, going now. Yeah, actually, the thing that sucks is right before I go went on vacation, uh, I managed to. I'm feeling a little sick. I'm feeling a little under the weather. So. Oh no. I know, isn't it suck? Like I had this incredibly weird fevered non-sleep last night and so i've just been kind of run down and brain dead that's that's yeah that's the sign that your body is like we're going on vacation that's great i'm just going to take a bit of a break right now ahead of time i I know i I get this thing all the time just before i go on vacation like my body's like hey do you want to just feel like you've got a bit of a flu coming on almost every (laughs) single time yeah yeah i it's this one is kind of frustrating that it's been so long but uh, that that you know, it's like really, I just I just wanted the time off. Damn it! <laughs> Do I have to actually get sick too? Like it's gonna be great. I'm gonna be hanging out and look for me on Twitter, people. My big thing that I'm looking forward to is like watching a bunch of movies on Netflix and and live tweeting at them. I think. Oh, very exciting! Yeah, I'm I'm sort of excited by it. So I'm sort of bummed that I didn't do that with. Uh... Oh, that's what I should recommend. Um, Memories of Murder. Which I was just really knocked me, uh, knocked my socks off. Uh, it's by the guy who did the, the South Korean director who did the host. Did you ever see the host? No. The host is you might actually dig it because it's kind of a crazy. It's like Jurassic Park meets Jaws, but it's also a very satirical comedy about South Korea. You know, like the this this sort of bumbling, can't do anything well family ends up like, you know, falling awry of this amazing monster that's you know that is emerged from Seoul's Han River, and uh, the family is such a complete mess. Like it just it's it's yeah, it's a little bit like the Korean version of. Um, Fuck <laughs> the Royal Tenenbaums meets Jurassic Park. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> okay, that, that alone makes me want to see it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that you would actually probably really dig it. But his previous movie to that, I don't know, was it his previous movie? Uh, Memories of Murder maybe had a movie in between the two that I heard a lot of amazing things about. I sort of figured would be in kind of the same sort of... um kind of like wacky but action-packed but you know grab bag of stuff and it's actually more of a it's like the um it's like it's like the korean version of the movie zodiac uh it's about these guys in a, a small town who are investigating a serial killer and it's very very odd like it's darkly comic and it's also just openly tragic and um, really is stuck with me the last couple of days. So that's one that I wish that I had, in fact, live tweeted just because I think that um, 
I think there's like David Fincher's Zodiac has a lot of fans that would really, really dig this film. So, um, but yeah, dude, if you get a chance, the host, I don't know if it's on watch instantly or anything, but, um, good, cool beans. I, I will take a look. Your mention of Jersey Park uh, leads me to ask, have you seen Terra Nova? Oh God. Oh no. No. Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> well, I've managed to watch the first two episodes. <laughs> Oh my God! Are you? Who's pay, is someone paying you to do it? Or I, I watched the first one because I thought I should for my job. Uh huh. And sure right. enough, like I got a, a, a thing out of the first one. Um, and then I watched the second because I had this moment where I was like, it's really the second episode you should watch because the first episode mm-hmm. has so much to do. You should watch the second episode to see what TV shows like. And right. the second episode of uh, Terra Nova basically told you that it was the dullest television show ever, and is perfect for people who liked Star Trek in the nineties. But thought the Star Trek would be better with no space. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the uh, the description, the recap that I managed to make it through last week off of Television Without Pity sounded like it was for people who wish that heroes had dinosaurs instead of powers. <laughs> yeah, and, and this well, this week's was was worse. This week was <laughs> really terrible. It's funny because last week Kate was like, I, I think I really enjoyed that. I'd watch that again. And this week she was like, That's terrible. <laughs> I would not watch that again. <laughs> yeah, I just, everything about, even, even honestly, from the very first previews, I was like, Terra Nova looks like the dullest series ever. And then when I heard about all the behind the scene problems with it, I was oh, like, it, just, it is. It lives up to that, don't you worry. Yeah, yeah, so no. Uh, did you bother with uh, American Horror Story? I didn't, and actually, I I I completely forgot all the TV shows that were on yesterday because I also completely forgot about Decoded being on. Um, <laughs> you missed Decoded on your birthday? I know, isn't it crazy? I went to see Captain America. I told you. Oh right, I forgot. And oh, well, what do you think of Captain America? Dude? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Bear, bear in mind, I paid three dollars for my ticket. I had a couple of slices of pizza. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, my outlay was so much lesser than anyone who went to see it in first run cinema. But, yeah, completely. Um, as someone who likes Indiana Jones, they did a great job of putting Indiana Jones on a bike and giving him a shield. Right, right. You know I mean, like, it was it was great for what it was. It's not, uh-huh. not going to change anyone's mind about anything. Mm-hmm. But as someone who enjoyed Indiana Jones, it was a great Indiana Jones and Superpowers movie. Hmm. Did you see it? No, no, haven't seen it. Okay, I greatly enjoyed it more than Thor. Interesting. I would say it's much better than Thor. Oh, much better than Thor. I would like to see it. I have to admit, I don't even know if it's playing anywhere in the Bay Area. I'm looking now. Also, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. true Graham and Jeff fashion, we are still talking in ways that we can still like put this on no, the podcast. No, no, no. Okay, put it on. But then. <laughs> oh. 